Hello, and welcome to the official podcast of Bishop Malcolm Smith. These teachings are recorded live each week and provided not only here on the podcast, but at youtube.com. Simply go to youtube.com and look for Malcolm Smith webinars in the search engine there. We also want to invite you to go to www.malcolmsmith.org. There you will find other teachings by Malcolm, including books, videos, and MP3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with you all, and may that be true in your experience in this incoming year. May you know a blessed year of awareness of the Lord's presence in you and with you. And before I talk tonight, I want to speak a word of real thanks. I thank the Lord, but I'm thanking you because of your obedience and your love. For those of you that sent us special gifts over this Christmas and New Year season, I want you to know that you were being directed by the Holy Spirit in a most unusual fashion because every gift that was sent was there to meet an exact and pressing need. And and so we stand here today giving thanks to God for his deliverance to us, but I'm thanking you for your obedience to the nudging of the Spirit and also to your, your great love to us and to this ministry. So thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I want to uh, look at a text, a very specific text, in fact, more specific than might appear on the surface, to where we are at this immediate and present time. Okay, it's in the book of Jeremiah. Is a great, great book. But right at the beginning, you have the right from, I mean, we're talking about from verse 1 of chapter 1 and on, and I'm going to be looking at verse 9. Um, and then also specifically, we are looking at verse 11. But th- those words, the, the word of the Lord, God communicating, God speaking to Jeremiah through the Holy Spirit, he is coming and giving to Jeremiah his call and telling him of the purpose, the destiny that Jeremiah had. And at this time, Jeremiah was very young. I would place him actually as a teenager and he uses the term here when the Lord said this and gave him the vast destiny that he was going to have in being the one who communicated the word of God to this people. His response is, I'm, I'm only a youth, or put it more, uh, probably more to the point, I'm only a kid. I mean, what are you saying to me? This is ridiculous. I'm not able to do this. And that, that's the context as far as Jeremiah is concerned. But what about his uh, situation in terms of the society that he lived in at that time? Um, he was living in Jerusalem, and that was in what in the Old Testament was called Judah. 
It was the tribe of Judah which had long ago been cut off from the northern tribes. It was a time, um, probably the worst of times, in that uh, they are coming, um, they've reached the point of no return, and they're speeding toward the terrible takeover and going into captivity with Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. But prior to this, immediately prior to Jeremiah, Jeremiah might have been a baby, a toddler, when Manasseh was the the king. And Manasseh was unquestionably the most evil of the kings of Judah. He uh, completely immersed the temple into idolatry. He promoted everything satanic. He promoted everything evil. He was a terrible person and left a scar to the very heart of this people that it was it would not be eradicated. They they were sucked into his idolatry and lies, and now he's gone, and a young king, Josiah, and a very young king, um, he would have been probably around the same age as Jeremiah, and Josiah had been uh, brought to know the Lord, and, and he immediately begins, though he's such a teenager, and others are actually ruling for him, that he instituted the cleaning of the temple, cleaning out all the idols, and they found there in all the rubble and dirt, they found a copy of the book of Deuteronomy, and that causes tremendous excitement, and and people begin to say how wrong we are, and so on, but the the repentance, the change of mind didn't go deep enough, and Josiah is going to die um, in when Jeremiah is prophesying, and there will come the sons of Josiah, which are again so wicked, and and, and it, it's just an absolute mess. Jerusalem, actually, in these days, you could only use one word: it's in chaos, and into that chaos, that uh, death. Uh, There's no apparent life in terms of a relationship with God, and and it's it's darkness of all that comes with idolatry and rejection of God and His truth, and into that that moment that moment, the Lord said to this teenager Jeremiah that. In verse 5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, and I ordained you. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. And um, that, that's, that's where it is. Here, here this teenager is told, I'm giving to you my specific word for this time in history. Now go speak it, go live it, go be it. And after he'd heard all of that and has told the Lord, I'm too young for this, I'm too young, um, it says that the word of the Lord came to me. So all that now is, in that sense, it's over. I've given you my word. Now, 
The word of the Lord came to me, verse 11, and saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, says Jeremiah, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word, or I will hasten or be quick to perform my word. Now, I don't know whether what Jeremiah saw was an almond tree growing or whether he had a vision of an almond tree. Really, it doesn't matter. The whole point is he saw an almond tree. And um, you might wonder where on earth this is going. But you see, the almond tree is a very different kind of tree. The almond tree is the the one that is the earliest to bud, bring forth leaves and fruit. It's ahead of all other of the trees. And there in Israel, where the almond tree grew, there the buds on the almond tree began to flesh out and the leaves began to come and the promise uh, of, of fruit was there right in the dead of winter. All other trees, look around, all the other trees were dead and barren. It was the cold night of winter and death was apparent in all that grew except the almond tree right in the middle of death and darkness began to bud and began to put out its leaves and promise. And so the almond tree budded. And the reason I, I have to say it's, it's really appropriate because the almond tree budded in January. Now, isn't that something? So, if Jeremiah actually saw an almond tree growing there, then we know that Jeremiah chapter 1 took place in January. Um, and if it was in a vision, then the Lord actually put him down in a sort of January of the Spirit. It, it was the winter of this people. It was death in Jerusalem all around there was no life. It was the cold fingers of death. Nothing, nothing, just death all around, starting way back there with Manasseh. And now, even though Josiah, bless his heart, was trying to do that, but it was too late, too late. And in the middle of that, he says, I see an almond tree. There's something, there, 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 there's life in the middle of death where all around there is nothing that lives, but I see the almond budding in the middle of January, in the middle of winter. That's what he saw. That was his vision. Or if he saw it growing alongside of the road, that's what the Lord wanted him to see. So what do you see, Jeremiah? What do you see? You see the almond tree. The almond tree... Well, actually, there's so many plays on words here. 
because to the Hebrew people, when they said the almond tree, they, they actually called the almond tree the, the awakener. It, it was as if to say the almond tree awakens us. We, we were just sleeping on in winter, it's, everything's gone. But, but no, the almond tree is like saying, wake up, wake up. The almond tree was the alarm clock that said spring is coming. I know it doesn't look like it at all, but spring is coming. Believe me, I'm putting out my buds. It's time for you guys to wake up, wake up understand spring is coming it's time to stretch and be ready for the first thaw and the first blazing of the sun and so on it's coming and so the almond tree was hope it was awakening all of that so so why does god say that you see he's saying because i am hastening I am watching over my word to perform it. In the midst of death, my word is springing forth. In the middle of the darkness, my word is light. I am present to you in my word. And it's the promise of life, even though there's nothing but death and darkness all around you. In the midst of darkness and death, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? And I want you to never forget, you see an almond tree, and never forget that tells you that my word, my word of life, my word of light, my word of truth, my word of hope, is not affected by what's going on in the midst of this people. I... I, I'm sending it forth. It's it's budding. And I'm watching over it. It's telling you spring is coming. And believe me, my spring is coming. God's word. I watch over my word to perform it. He said, I, it's, it's my awakening word. I'm watching over it. My word is above all other words. Because right now... Jeremiah, you are well aware of the words that are being spoken in the temple. And, and, and some are speaking as if everything's all right now. We've cleaned out the temple. We've found the book of Deuteronomy. Everything's all right. No, it isn't all right. No, but it's only gone as deep as their skin. Doesn't matter what the king says, I'm saying something of far greater importance than kings. You hear the voice of the idolaters because what you hear at the temple is not what they talk about at home. At home, they've still got their idols that they worship and all the words of the idolaters. No, my word is greater than all the words of the politicians, all the words of church leaders, all the words of the hypocrites, my word, my word, life, real life, light, real light. And polit politically, the, the, the people of Judah, they were depending upon Egypt. They, they said, well, you know, we're, we're a little bit of nothing. I and mean, the king of Babylon, a great 
monster Babylon is coming and wants to take us and make us captive. But you see, we have Egypt and we've got a dialogue going and we've got a covenant with Egypt where we're allies and therefore if Babylon tries to attack us, They'll have to deal with Egypt and all this po- politics going on uh, of, of what's Babylon saying, what's Egypt saying, what should we do, and so on. He says, forget all those lying politicians talking out of both sides of their mouth. My word is the almond bud. My word is the awakening life in the middle of this darkness. Wake up, wake up. That's it. That's the message of the almond tree. The alarm clock's gone off. Wake up. Look, see. Now, I might say this also because it's appropriate here. What do you see? I see the almond bough. Um, the, to the Hebrew people, seeing was on more than one level. Obviously, it's what you see with your eyes. But many, many, multiple times in the scripture, seeing is to do with inner seeing, heart seeing, and seeing was understood to be the act of, what can I, how can I put it, so seeing the truth of who God is and what God purposes, that my seeing of that is to trust and yield and open to what he's saying and doing. So to see, in especially the Old Testament, to, to see was to believe, to see was to trust in God. And certainly, in the same breath, um, to not see. And it was always understood to be willful. I choose not to see. My eyes are closed in willful ignorance. I like the way I am with my eyes closed. It meant to be refusing to yield to God and his word. And so what do you see? You could put it, you could, you say, what are you trusting in Jeremiah? What do you believe what, what do you see? What does your heart see as the real thing? When, when your heart looks at all that's happening in this insane world, what do you see? What are you trusting? If I could push that a bit further. You see, most of the politicians in Jerusalem would say, what, what do you see? I see Egypt. I, I trust Egypt. You see, they'd long ago forgotten God and, and any of his involvement in protecting them. They'd forgotten that. No, Egypt was their savior, you see. Egypt with all its great armies. Egypt will project. What do you see? I see Egypt. Others who maybe were not such politicians but heard the news and they look north to Babylon what do you see I see terror I I, I see I'm, I'm full of anxiety and fear because I see Babylon Jeremiah what do you see you see what do you see do you see Egypt do you see Babylon do you see idolatry and say that it's taken over there's no hope Satan won what what do you see what do you see? And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm watching over my word. That's what you see. 
Don't listen to the other voices. Don't live and listen to all the words that pour out of the the priesthood of the temple. Uh, don't don't listen to Egypt for goodness sake. And and Babylon, they don't understand what the movings of God are all about. No. Listen, see my word. This is in the New Testament too. It would do well as you read through the epistles of the New Testament. Uh, how many times, how many times it, it comes back that it, Paul is praying that you might see. And obviously he's not talking about your physical eyes. And in fact, um, in Acts twenty six eighteen, Paul tells us, that his mandate, when he was sent to speak the gospel, that the very essence of his preaching was, it says, I quote it to you, Acts twenty six eighteen. the Lord says to him, go and open their eyes. Because mankind's eyes are closed. Satan closed their eyes with lies, deceit their ignorant and they're they're in some insane way happy with that now you go and open their eyes the proclamation of the good news concerning jesus opens inside eyes to see a reality that you'd never seen before and says acts 26 18 that when their eyes are open they will realize they're free and they can walk away from satan and they can walk out of the darkness and receive the forgiveness of sins and the vast inheritance god has for them but it begins with opening their eyes to believe in the only reality but Uh, Our Christian life advances on uh, clearer and clearer seeing. So, and the one I'm forever quoting from Ephesians 1, which uh, sums up many other scriptures of like, where it says, the eyes of your heart. See, uh, you've got eyes in more places than you thought, don't you? The eyes of your heart, the eyes of your inner understanding, opened and then he goes on in that scripture to say enlightened or flooded with light so that you shall see clearly the hope to which you have been called that you might see clearly that you were in co-crucified co-risen co-ascended now co-seated with christ in heavenly places or Colossians 1 prays that we might be, know the knowledge of God, and that's knowledge about God, that, that's seeing as God sees, hearing the heart of God and seeing what God sees about you and seeing what God sees about the world. Seeing that is vastly important. See. See, what do you see, Jeremiah? What do you see in relation to you? I've just got through telling you, Jeremiah, that I've called you and I've put my word in your mouth. Well, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see in relation to you? How do you see yourself in relation to my word? How do you feel? What's the... The, the flow of your thoughts. Are you still saying, I'm unable, I'm weak, I'm only a kid? 
Noel, what do you see, Jeremiah? What do you see? Everything I've said about you. Do you see it as the almond tree? In your weakness, in your felt helplessness, in, in your youth, in your family relationships, you feel so utterly unable. But do you see my word in you? Is the alarm clock. Every word I've said, I'm watching over it to perform it and bring it to pass, however deep the winter is around you. How do you see my word in relation to those you live with, these people of Jerusalem? Do you just see them as idolaters and hypocrites and just all wandering lost in their darkness? Or do you see them in relation to my word that I will never leave, I will never forsake? With unrelenting love I pursue them. How do you see those you live and work with, Jeremiah? How do you see them? How do you you see politics? (laughs) How do you see this whole Egypt, Judah, Babylon triangle? How do you see that? Is it just something that goes on in in the, the palace and the parliament and the Congress, I mean, is politics just the the stupidity and lies of men as they make their deals? Or is there a God who is above all leaders and politicians? How do you see the collision of nations, Jeremiah? How do you see it? Do you see that my word overrules all the words of men? I see an almond tree. I see the awakener, and God is the awakener as he watches over his word in order to do it, accomplish it. The almond tree, that one point of life in the middle of the winter of threatening death. It doesn't matter what you see around you. It doesn't matter how you feel. See the almond tree, he said. See that God has spoken, that God is vitally involved in your life. And his word is life and light. His word is doing what he says. And all the powers of Satan in this world are helpless to stop him. Now, when we say word, even in the Old Testament, they understood. And how much they understood, I don't know. But at least from where we now sit reading backwards into the Old Testament, they, they, they spoke of the word of God as living, a living thing. Um, uh, they, they understood the word of God as being filled with God, as if God was coming to them in the sound of his word. But in the New Testament, that it, it breaks out that God no longer merely spoke words, God became flesh so that his word was now the person of Jesus Christ. So John speaks so 
plainly to the point in John chapter 1 and the first verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. That is, Jesus is God communicating with us and communicating with us at at the most intimate level. He became human. He became a member of our human family. Jesus, the Word. He, the, what is the Word? The Word is the outspeaking. You would never know what I'm thinking unless I spoke it. The Word is the outspeaking of God. He, he'd spoken through prophets, as he, would, he will be speaking through Jeremiah, but they received words and they spoke words. Jesus is that Word and there's no middleman. Jesus is the Word who takes on our humanity. And He is. In everything He does, in everything He says, in who He is, He is the final speaking of God. He is life in the middle of a world of darkness and death. He is truth in the middle of the insanity of lies. The Word, the Word of God, that is the written Word, the spoken Word that we call the Bible, the Scriptures. And in the midst of that, the announcement that Jesus is the Word that takes up all other words, the entire Bible into himself. He is the Word of God. What do you see? I mean, this is a a question. And actually, it's haunted me throughout the holidays. What what do you see? Really, I want to shout it. What do you see? What, What do you believe? What do you believe about yourself in relation to what God says? What do you see? Because you you can talk about all the darkness and death and hopelessness and dead ends of life, but in the middle of your life, there's an almond tree. In the middle of the winter, God's word is alive and calling you to a hope beyond everything else you can see. Now, that's what he's saying, you see. Um, What do you see for the future of This world and nations, is it just one great big explosion of atomic bombs and whatever else? I mean, is that it? Or is there a God who has spoken that he has a purpose and no human being can stop him? But what what do you see in, in your neighbors, in those you live with? Just poor, benighted persons or persons that are dearly beloved of the Father for whom Jesus came specifically to be to them the Word, died and rose from the dead and now lives for them. Do you, That's how you see your neighbors. What do you see? And you see, in all of that, we have a thousand voices. Huh. If we could put an amplifier to our mind and all the words that go coursing through our mind like a mountain river 
pouring down thoughts upon thoughts upon thoughts and those thoughts don't always agree sometimes they're crossing each other and the vo- yes in my brain there's the voice of my ancestors that continually tried to define me according to the way it's always been there's a voice of my family I, I can still hear running through the my mind so many times my Mother, I was born, I've often said I wasn't on the wrong side of the tracks, I was born on the tracks. (laughs) I I was a peasant in the UK, and forever my parents told me that's not for the likes of you. You can't go there, you can't go there because we're, we're not in the right class, you see. We don't have the right tie. Went to the wrong schools, it's not for the likes of you. Stop having such big thoughts. Those thoughts still dance through my head. The words of politicians and the voice of events that have happened and circumstances that seek to take over and define us. That's the end of anything in the future. It happened 20 years ago, but that's you. Defined, that's who you are. Defined by losses. Defined by gains. You gain something, something is success, and well, that's it. I, I, you haven't, you see. You're not defined by things you lost. You're not defined by things you acquired. You're defined by the word of God. What does God say about you? You're not defined by your past. You're not even defined by your present. You're certainly not defined by the anxieties of the future. All those words that right now... Uh, rushing through our minds no what do you see there's a word that speaks above all of those words only god's word and specifically god's word in jesus defines you god's word god's word did did you notice how the lord said to him the lord the one in the New Testament we know as the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. The Lord says, I watch over my word. This is not just an empty word. This isn't just a jolly good text to talk about in January. This is God saying, this is my, my word. I I personally watch over my word to do, perform it, bring it to pass. Or what's that other one in Isaiah 55 where he says that my, my word, my word which goes out of my mouth shall not return to me empty. It shall accomplish that whereunto I send it. Or when you come to these promises of Scripture, when you come to Jesus Christ, know that you are dealing with God himself who so loves us that he communicates. He exposes his heart to us and finally he himself comes in Jesus. These these the, the promises of God, the Word of God. It's God in sound form. 
I'm making a sound on the air. And as I say these scriptures, God, God says, I am in my word and I watch over it to perform it. Or what does it say in Joshua? Not one word of God's promise failed. They can't fail. It's God's own word. It's absolute truth. And that's so difficult for us to receive because we live right now. And I think this is true with everyone, whether I'm speaking to you in the US or Canada or the UK or Europe or the Middle East or the Far East or Australia, New Zealand. From what I gather, we're all in this boat together where lies blatant lies are celebrated yeah by the leaders of our nations they celebrate the fact that they get away with it and then will go on in the next breath to say they did that because you're so stupid and the peoples of the world sit back and accept that it's the way it is jokes are made about it but nobody is horrified that the leaders are in such cahoots with darkness that they lie and celebrate lies and that trickles down to where lies are accepted and Isaiah said truth is mugged in the street truth lies fallen in the street so that's what I mean it, it's it can be difficult to adjust my thinking that what I'm hearing in these words of God what I hear in the person of Jesus is absolute truth not one sliver of darkness and that God watches over that to fulfill it exactly as he said he would God's word God's communication this is God's intention this is his will his pleasure his delight his words the possibility vast the the limitless possibilities of love of heaven coming into earth and every word that you read god's word is his permission for you to begin to act knowing this is what he wants even though i'm surrounded by the death of those who say it isn't see it's god's word therefore what's it say more than once in scripture uh, with God, all things are possible, possible. Um, all things find their ability to happen, possible. Or more, maybe a better translation, and it is a translation. It's, it's, it's not a paraphrase. It's, you could translate that, no word of God is void of power, that is void of power to do what it says. Before you read the scripture, before you gaze in wonder upon Jesus, take, take a moment to realize 
that you are now encountering absolute truth. These are not good ideas. These are not suggestions. This is the heart of God exposed, communicated. And he is the power to do everything that he said. Jeremiah, what do you see? You see my word, my awakening word, waking life to all. You speak it now. Go, you're only a kid, but go and speak it and release heaven into earth. Align your mind, align your heart, align your words with my words and speak together with me. And how can I put this? Go do it without a yes, but. I, 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 do, I don't need to comment on that, do I? Because any Christian of any sort will, will say, at least, yes, this is the word of God. And having said this is the word of God, in fact, even to have read and spoken of, of it in detail, but then comes those words, yes, but. <laughs> and you see, it's everything after the but that you really believe. Anything that comes before the but is, well, we're suspicious of it. We're not sure about it. But everything that follows after the but, that's what we're sure of. God said he would never leave me nor forsake me, that he's pro me. He is life for my soul and spirit. But, and then we give all the reasons why our interpretation of life is going to win in this matter. Yeah, what do you see? God says, uh, I'm, I'm speaking. I'm speaking, I'm communicating my all-powerful word into this situation. And I've given you my word, Jeremiah. Now take it, live by it. Let it form you as you now release it. Understand this, and this really is probably another whole hour, but there is never a trial that you go through. There is never a challenge that you face. There's never an opportunity given to you without a promise of God that leaps off the page of Scripture that is God saying, now go into this trial and this is my promise to you as you go in. This is my promise that will enable you to meet the challenge. This is my promise, my sworn word by which you will fulfill this opportunity that is before you. It's my promise. With, with, with all of life, whatever color life is to you right now, there is a promise. There's an almond bud. Psalm 119, verse 169 in the message paraphrase, he says, provide me with the insight that only comes from your word. Rescue me on the terms of your promise. I like that. Obviously, 
the writer of Psalm 119 was going through something and, and he needed insight, he needed wisdom. Uh, and he says, provide me with that wisdom that's in accord with your spoken word. And then a couple of verses down, rescue me, rescue. I need your strength to rescue me. And I'm asking you to do that on the terms of your promise that you made to me. See, what 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 promise has leaped into your heart this day to face whatever you're now facing? What do you see? He says, I, I watch over my word to perform it. You're not just seeing my word. You are seeing me, says the Lord. You're seeing me in my word, watching over it. That's an interesting phrase. It, it means, as I say, that there's, there's so many plays on words in the Hebrew language here. The almond tree being the awakener. And, and th- therefore, you're awake and you're moving rapidly toward uh, and, and so he, he says, I, I'm the watcher. I, I'm, I'm like the almond tree is, is the one that watches for spring and announces it. So I'm the wake up call. I'm, I'm the watcher. I hasten. I, I'm, I'm the one who is all alert. I'm giving my total attention. I'll tell you what this looks like. Um, if if there's somebody in your family that's a cook, I mean, not the microwave nonsense, I mean a, a cook, a chef even. Um, and, and so when, when they cook the meal, there's real pans on the gas stove and something's really happening outside of the hum uh, of a microwave. Um, that cook, if you notice... That cook will will be by the saucepan on on the stove watching. And there's no recipe book actually that can tell when it's to be lifted off or the gas to be lowered or whatever. But because the cook is the cook, he or she knows when to lower the heat, when to move the pan, and they're watching. They're watching for stuff to happen inside of that pan that I wouldn't even know if they told me. That's this word here, I watch over. I'm giving my total attention because my my word is, it's going to happen. My word is going to produce everything I've said that it will. And I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm watching. It's the same word you would use to describe the cat that that is outside the mouse hole. And, and there's not a muscle moving in that cat, and yet every muscle is ready to pounce. And I, I've seen cats around our ranch that have, have been in front of um, mouse areas for hours. Never move, they're watching. Um... The word of God, it's stored ready for release at the most perfect moment. Divine punctuality, right on time. So he is saying, rest, relax, stop your anxiety, my word. 
comes to pass right on time. My only response to God's word is, be it unto me according to your word. And he said, I will, I'm watching to perform my word. The the Hebrew word there, Asa, it's it's a very ancient word. It's first mentioned in Genesis chapter 2, where God takes the dust of the earth and forms and fashions the body of human and that's the word that's used that the fingers of God fashioning sculpturing making I saw he says I I do my word I make my word I fit I fashion my word right into your life right into this time space moment I fashion i like 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 a sculptor like a woodworker like an artist any of those ideas whatever best for you but he takes and he makes and he fashions and and, and this word it, even though jeremiah wrote this what 2500 years ago but that that's neither here nor there because the holy spirit takes word from scripture and fashions it into your life and puts your name in it so that his word is always totally relevant to become part of our time space history oh yeah you you say well nothing's happening in my life right now what do you see that's the point you see what what do you see obviously you've got your eyes on dead temples idols egypt babylon i don't know but see the word of god performs and therefore the word of god silent it's it's relentless we see in the psalms he says he who keeps israel neither slumbers nor sleeps so while you sleep and while you're thinking of other necessary things, the word of God, silent, relentlessly, without sleep or vacation, is performing in your life his pleasure, his intention. Or as the verse we've already quoted, the the word that goes forth out of his mouth and comes into our lives, he says, it shall not return to me void, it shall accomplish that whereunto I sent it. God's word has come to you with purpose. So, what are you going to do? I I could say to Jeremiah, what are you going to do? The word of the Lord has come to you. Come to you to reveal to you that you're a lot more than you thought you were. You're a lot more than a helpless peasant teenager. Well, what are you going to do? The word of the Lord has come and shown that in the midst of this darkness and death that you find yourself born into, that there's a lot more going on, God's word of life. What are you going to do? What shall you do with this? It's amazing how many persons, to continue using this idea that's here, that they are awakened by the Word of God, but then go back to sleep on a winter's day. You see, 
You wake up and you hear the rain against the window pane and you feel the cold that's invaded the bedroom and you put the alarm clock on snooze because it's a winter's day and it's no day to leap out of bed. So many people hear the word of God concerning who they are in Christ and the destiny that they have in Christ and go back to sleep. Awaken for a few minutes. Anyway, You kind of feel stupid when you're the only one who wakes up and everybody else remains asleep. And if anybody who is half asleep does hear you up and about, they say, go back to bed. It isn't spring yet. Oh, there's plenty of words that would tell me to stop believing that this word of God is all that it is to me and to me right now. What do you do? Be still. Be still. And by that I mean cease to give any attention to that rushing river of thoughts that are filled with the words of family or the absence thereof, of society or whatever. Be still. Let it just let it flow on and recognize that through the death, resurrection of Jesus, that no longer defines you and that no longer is you. Align yourself with the authority of God's word that empowers you to live in all the possibility of God's love in your life. Recognize that this word of God is. It's not covered in the dust of the past, nor is it dancing off in the future for one of these days. Is in this moment between the tick and the talk of your clock, the word of God is in all its now power. Don't try to think that. Just give thanks to God that it is so. Say amen. That's the way it is. Be it unto me according to your word. And say that word in union with God. Holy Spirit, let us all see what Jesus sees. Let us see what Jesus reveals. Let us see our lives in his light and give to us your strength and courage to do his life. Amen. May that be so as we plunge into this new year. And now the blessing of God who is almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless you in these incoming days and weeks and months with your eyes wide open to the word of life 
in the midst of death and the word of light in the midst of darkness to release that word to do his work in you. So I bless you and declare that is the way it is.